This episode of the DGMG podcast, that's my podcast, is brought to you by Oribi, O-R-I-B-I, O-R-I-B-I, Oribi. Here's the cool thing about them advertising on this podcast, by the way, just a quick note, it's working. So a bunch of people actually went and used Oribi and signed up and started having success with the product. So they came back and they were like, Dave, can we keep sponsoring your podcast? And I said, yes, it's always great when it works out that way. And Oribi is awesome because they are providing an alternative, finally, an alternative to Google Analytics. And it's the alternative that a lot of people have been waiting for. I talked to a lot of marketers and Google Analytics is one of those things that you love it or hate it. And so if you're in that other camp or just looking for something new, you should go and check out Aribi. They have customers like Sony, Audi, Panasonic, and Pizza Hut. And it's great because once you connect Aribi to your website, you can really quickly analyze what's going on and see how people engage, not just with a form on your website, but with everything. CTAs, forms, pop-ups, images, videos, landing pages, and it works across all the domains that you have. And you can even see specifically what is leading to conversions. And marketing is ultimately just a game of let's go do more of what's working. So Aribi can help show you that. And the best part is it happens all automatically, right? You're busy, I'm busy. Using Aribi is like having a marketing analyst on your team working 24 hours a day that can give you what you need on demand. And whether you have a new campaign running, new ad creative, new landing page, there's so many things that we are testing and want to be measuring daily. And it's really easy to do that with Aribi, even if it's something like you just shipped a new pillar piece of content that the team has been working on for months and you want to know how that content is impacting conversion, you can do that. Just log into Aribi. You'll learn how people are interacting with all of your marketing. And in no time, you'll get better at prioritizing what's working. And so you can throw out what's not and double down on the stuff that actually is having an impact. Plus, it's super simple to set up. They've got great customer service and tech support in case you need any help. And if you're like me, I'm sending a million questions in to customer support, but maybe that's just me. You can check them out at aribi.io. That's O-R-I-B-I dot I-O. And if you do aribi.io slash DGMG, and you sign up through that link, you'll get 20% off any plan or punch in the promo code DGMG. You'll get 20% off any plan Oribi.io, O-R-I-B-I.io. Check them out and say bye-bye to Google Analytics. This episode is also brought to you by my friends at Lemon Pie. They're the ones who produce this show for me. They're awesome at what they do, and I can't recommend their work enough. They make it super easy for me, and I know that they can help you too if you want to launch a podcast strategy for your brand. Check them out at www.lemonpie.fm and tell them I sent you. That's www.lemonpie.fm. Tell them that I sent you. All right, let's get into this episode. Hey, I'm Dave Gerhardt, and you're listening to the DGMG Podcast. This is the place where I share marketing lessons and learnings every week. My guest on this episode is Dave Woodward, the CEO of ClickFunnels. All right, Dave, thanks for doing this. I'm saving this icebreaker because I wanted to get you going, but uh, I follow you on Instagram and I see right now, the other day I was like, what is it? Well, he's posting about that. What is it? 75 hard. So what is 75 hard? What are you doing right now? <laughs> uh, that's Andy Frisella's uh, program. So the whole idea on 75 hard is two workouts a day. One, uh, each have to be 45 minutes. One of them has to be outside. They have to be within, you can't do them back to back. So you have to have a 45 minute break. You have to drink a gallon of water. You have to read 10 pages. You got to take a, a photo of yourself every day. You got to stick to a diet, no cheap meals, no alcohol. And the whole idea behind it really is just, if you skip doing any one of those 
things, you have to start all over again. So the whole concept behind it is as much personal growth as you can possibly get. It's not as much a, a physical challenge as it is a mental challenge. I did it before and got to like day 30 and had so much stuff going on, I just bailed on it. So I, you know what? I'm going to invite a whole bunch of people into this one. So I've got, I don't know, 30 people or so are doing the same thing and just having a ton of fun. Are you cranky? Or are you in the good? Are you in a good phase of this? <laughs> I'm in the early phase. Today was so today was day four, and I was a little sore. It took me about an hour this morning to get going, but uh, it all turned out okay. Cool. All right. Well, Dave, the reason I wanted to have you on is um, you're the CEO of ClickFunnels, really interesting company and interesting story. A company that I've been obsessed with for a couple years, uh, mainly because I, I love the way you guys think about marketing and do marketing, and I've, I've followed Russell's stuff for a while. And so I just wanted to have you on to just chop it up in a different way. So maybe for people who aren't familiar, just give people some background on ClickFunnels and kind of any you know metrics and stats about the business that you're okay sharing. Sure. So ClickFunnels started uh, September 2014. Last year, we did just over $137 million in, in annual revenue. Uh, majority of that being annual recurring revenue, I think uh, of the 137, I think 120 was pretty close to that uh, annual recurring revenue, uh, over 100,000 customers. And our whole focus, our whole platform is set up to, for anybody who's trying to either generate a lead online or to sell a product or service online. Uh, they would use ClickFunnels for that. All the marketing automation tools are built in to follow up. And we typically find for every dollar you get on the front end, there's typically seven, 15 to 17 that have been sold to the follow-up funnels on the back end. Okay. So just there's not many companies that come on and right out of the gate drop $137 million in, in ARR in, uh, in seven years. What's the secret sauce? <laughs> secret sauce for us actually is, is basically eating our own dog food, doing exactly what we teach everyone else to do. And for us, we're so more context here, totally bootstrapped, no debt. And we built the company with the whole idea of a software that we needed for ourselves. So Russell actually is our... So we have two co-founders, Russell Brunson and Todd Dickerson. Russell's the marketing genius. Todd is the tech genius behind it. Without the two of them, we wouldn't exist. And the whole idea behind it was to create a platform that we could actually use for ourselves. Todd was spending a whole bunch of his time going out and uh, rebuilding different funnels. Russell was creating tons of different funnels and different products and services. And the real big issue we came across was getting to that point to where as we started talking to you know, growth equity, private equity people, they start knocking on your door pretty quick. And they were like, you know, tell me what's your cost to acquire a customer. And for us, our, our typical CAC for it. So we're set up on a 14 day free trial with a credit card. Typical CAC for a trial would be anywhere between about 140 and 160 bucks. And the guy was super excited. Like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Then if we gave you X amount of dollars, how many customers could you get? And we're like, no, 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 you don't understand. We actually, uh, that's too expensive for us. We're a bootstrap company. We don't have that kind of money. And so we don't do that approach at all. He's like, what do you mean? How could you, how do you acquire your customers? So for us, the whole idea behind it is we've created a whole bunch of different front end funnels that lead into acquiring a customer for free. So the idea behind it for us is how do you create a break-even funnel? In other words, how do you create a, a funnel on the front end that your cost to acquire a customer for that funnel equals, or ideally is a little bit more than whatever your average car value is. So a couple of examples, Russell has written three different funnels, uh, three different books. Dotcom Secrets is the first book. Expert Secrets and now Traffic Secrets equals now what we refer to as our Secrets Trilogy. And Dotcom Secrets is one of the books that we use in the very beginning. The idea behind it is it would take typically cost us about $20 to $24 
to acquire a customer for that dot-com secrets book funnel. Our average cart value actually was in the $36 to $38. So including the cost of the film and everything else, it was a break-even funnel for us, which allowed us the opportunity then of acquiring our customers for free. And it was because of that that we were able to scale and to grow because now not only have they bought a product, and I think one of the biggest issues anyone selling anything online is you actually there's a huge difference between a lead and a buyer. I'll take a buyer thousand times over a lead any day. And so they've now established some trust with us. They've now consumed some of the content. The indoctrination has taken place. And now they're at the point where they have to actually implement what they just went through. And so that's how we, that was the genesis of how we started. This is amazing. I'm so glad you're here. Okay. The way that I do these, by the way, is I scribble, I'm scribbling notes the whole time. I'm like, okay, I go back and ask him this one. So I'm going to, pe- now is like when I could pepper you. But um, what's interesting is like, you mentioned something so important, the difference between a lead versus a buyer, because in this world, in B2B, and you guys are B2B business also, you know, everybody does content, everybody does ebooks, but it's the same thing where it's like if you do, if you do a free webinar, the average show rate on a free webinar is gonna be less than 50%, right? But if you do a paid thing, I did a paid thing a couple of weeks ago, 25 seats only, the attendance rate was a hundred percent. And so I think there's something really interesting there from a marketing funnel standpoint, which is like, this is not Joe Schmo who downloaded your ebook, right? This is Joe Schmo who paid $27 out of his own pocket to get this ebook. There's clearly some bigger need or some pain there. Absolutely. Uh, for us, we've seen, again, anywhere from about seven to 10 times the value in a paid, the value of an actual buyer versus a lead. And again, there's so many variables that come into play on that. Uh, one of the biggest issues we run up against right now is just there's so much of a lack of trust online. And the best way of generating that trust is to actually exchange money. And once a person's exchanged, and again, our dot-com secrets, in fact, all of our book funnels, are, it's a free plus shipping offer. So it's it's not like they're paying hundreds of dollars here. This is They've literally paid $7.97 for the, the shipping. And again, going through the funnel, our average car value is getting 36, 38 bucks. But that's really what has helped us to really scale and grow. If you were the CEO of another SaaS company, like a venture-backed SaaS company called, you know, whatever, something.io, and you were, you were coaching the marketing team, like, would you take this marketing strategy and apply it to any, any business? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, if you take a look at when we started ClickFunnels, the, the funnel you mentioned as far as a webinar, the funnel that actually generated the greatest opportunity for us, again, it was hard for us as a bootstrap company, when our product's only 97 bucks. So it was 97 or 297. And it takes a lot of customers paying you on a regular basis to generate enough cash to be able to market and spend the ad dollars out there. What really helped us propel our growth in the first couple of years, and even, even today, and that was we did the webinar. And it was, again, same type of thing where it was a free webinar to sign up. But the real benefit for it was we were selling a $997 course and what we were selling actually was the education and the training. And anytime you're looking at a SaaS product, the most important thing is consumption. You've got to find some way of actually getting your customers into your product, consuming the product. And the better they are at consuming, again, we're all about retention. And so the best way of getting to get sticky is they need to consume the product. So for us, we ended up selling the, the education. In essence, we were getting basically 10 months worth of, of revenue up front. So, a thousand dollar course. And in doing that, it then funded everything we needed, but most importantly, it then educated them. But the real benefit to us was for every client that came in through the webinar, 
on our thank you page in the webinar, we went through and basically gave them instructions of what they needed to do. And the very first thing was to sign up for a free trial. So for every buyer, we actually also got two additional free trials. How do you think about the positioning? Like, do you think you you guys positioned that in a way? Because I could see a lot of companies would take this and it becomes a whole funnel that's almost too specific to your product. It's like, I think what you guys have done is you almost market like, we're going to help you grow your business. And by the way, the thing you're going to use to do it is ClickFunnels. It's not because like, I think a lot of people would think of this as like, oh, I'm going to do a Dave's company webinar. And it's like, it's not a, it doesn't seem to be about that. And that seems to be why that trial offer works. Absolutely. I think that the key, any product or service you have, you have to realize that your product or service is solving a problem for that customer. And that's why where customer success becomes so critical. So your webinar has to be the solution to whatever the problem is. They could care less, especially these days with tech. I mean, they can bounce from one product to another very, very quickly. And so the whole idea behind it is you've got to find some way of being really clear on how your product or your service provides them the solution to the problem that keeps them up at night. How come you think more companies don't like haven't just haven't copied this approach or taken this approach? Like, you know, if you're running a SaaS business, why not just create three different front end offers? Maybe trial is one, maybe some training is another, and maybe a book is another and orchestrate your funnel around that. Why do you think people haven't done that? There's way too much money out there for cheap. (laughs) There's so much money out in the marketplace right now. Uh, Growth equity, private equity people are, I mean, SPACs are coming up all over the place. I mean, there's so much money that uh, I think it just gets it's just too attractive to people. There's an easier way. Uh, it's kind of like taking steroids, I guess. If you're, you can go the short, easy way of doing it, or uh, you can actually do the hard way. For us, I'm a huge believer that there's no way you don't have a true product or service until you've sold it yourself. And we get approached all the time with business plans. People saying, "Hey, invest in us." And I would much rather have someone actually prove it and go out there, establish the fact you have a product or service that people actually want, and then at that point we can take a look at it. So you mean like if you raise $100 million, because you have $100 million in the bank, you don't need to create a profitable funnel? Absolutely. I, it's, I, mean, I see it happen all the time these days. Uh, everyone's all about just growth, growth, growth. And But it's crazy though, because I, I think to what you said, I think for ClickFunnels, you built a business because you were bootstrapped and so you needed to create these types of offers to build. But it there's actually a, a huge other benefit, which you mentioned, which is like, the churn, the commitment, the increased conversion rates. And so like, even if you did raise money, that's your money in the bank to fund engineering and R&D and whatever. On the marketing side, like, look, if you're Zoom, let's just use Zoom as an example. They don't need this. But like, you could lead with a front-end offer that's like, it's a $20, you know, book about how to get a modern video set up for a remote world. And like, everybody comes in through that door. I just think that what I like about what you guys have done is you actually create physical products and put in the work and do high production. I think a lot of people would do the Zoom thing, but then it's like a four-page, you know, crappy ebook doesn't deliver. No, I totally agree with you. And uh, again, I think that when we started ClickFunnels, it was really kind of coming out of the the recession. There wasn't a whole bunch of money out there. Even today, though, if I was to start ClickFunnels all over, we'd start it the exact same way. There's nothing better than having the ability to not be in a situation where you, you have to get approval on everything you want to do. We test a ton of different things. I don't have to get approval from anybody besides just Todd and Russell. And so uh, for us, it's what things can we do? And I think the main thing, as you take a look at it, is how do you actually scale and grow businesses in a way that you have control over it? And again, at this point, 
if we wanted to sell ClickFunnels, we'd make a lot more money than we ever could even imagine or dream of than if we were at the very beginning where we didn't have control. How do you think about the role of expertise in the business? Are you looking as far as the employees? Or are you looking at the product? No, like as it relates to your, you're selling to a customer who has a pain. You know, ClickFunnels, I think, is a great story because you guys have built this business around like, hey, we're the marketing experts. Don't worry, like we got your back. Can you talk to how, how that has been instrumental in the strategy for you? Absolutely. So whenever you're out there solving a person's problem, the one thing they want to know is that you are an expert at that. Uh, if you're, again, I had neck surgery last year and I, I would much rather, I was so happy to have the surgeon who was the expert in our local area when it came to neck surgery. It's something that I was a huge problem I had. And the last thing I wanted to do is just go to a general practitioner. It's like, I think I've got a pretty good idea on how this might work. I wanted to know that the person I was working with, they'd already been there. And I think uh, as you take a look at solving any problem for someone, I want to take advice from a person who's already been down that road. They've already solved that problem and they can help me. Because the problem, what I see would happen every single time you provide a solution, what you also do is you create another problem. And you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up from a value ladder standpoint that every single additional product or service you have continues to answer whatever the next problem that customer is going to run up against. So for us, it started off being a funnel. Well, the very next thing after that was, well, now I've got my funnel. Now I need traffic. And that, that's the whole reason why we also put together traffic secrets. It's the, why, the whole reason why in the platform we added all the marketing automation tools on the back end. Yeah, it just is like it seems to be the best modern way to build and grow a business, which is like, look, you and I, even if we're not smart, we have, you know, smartphones where we can figure out anything. And it's like, I want to cut through the noise. And if I'm trying to, whether I'm trying to find a new gym, a new trainer, a new copywriter, a new whatever, a new financial services platform, you want to feel like you're working with an expert. Like, I think this is why I believe so much in the power of brand and content marketing and that like, you're not pitching your service. You're pitching, hey, we're going we're gonna to make you smart about something. And so then when you are ready to buy, you're going to come buy from us. How much is that from like Russell's brand as a founder being put into the DNA of ClickFunnels? It's huge. It's, again, we were talking earlier, just whether it's a Facebook Live, whether it's an Instagram story, whatever you might have, every single person in our entire company, as well as everything we're talking about, is you need to be out there publishing on a regular basis. You have to find a way of finding your voice. And I think it's, for us, it's a critical aspect of scaling any business. We're in the same situation with Todd, who's our tech founder, who now is getting involved in providing tech advice and tech knowledge and tech experience, which then attracts a higher quality of employees. It attracts greater A players because they're like, I want to work with that person. I want to be involved in that. I now can understand their vision. So no matter where you are in your, in your business or your company, publishing on a regular basis and providing that content is critical to your growth, not only as the growth to your consumer, but also the growth to, to your, within your employees as well. And this, this is something that for people listening, like the reason I want to have Dave on is because I wanted to hear, I know that many people on this podcast are actually not familiar with the ClickFunnels story because we, there's a more of the venture back side here, like, this is why I wanted to have you do this because all of these things can be applied. And, and, and one of them in particular is this idea that I'm obsessed with of like building the founder's brand and using that as like, as your way to build knowledge and trust and credibility with your market. And so you got to figure like, 
it's 2021. No one's starting a SaaS business because it's super fun and easy. And so if you're the founder, <laughs> if you're the founder of that brand, you're you're gonna be an expert. Like if you look at Toby, the the founder of Shopify, for example, he was a developer trying to sell snowboards online. Nobody could sell snowboards online. They build a way to do it. That becomes Shopify. The best marketing strategy for that company is to go and tell that story. And that seems to be like the focus point for what ClickFunnels marketing has been is like, how are we going to use Russell as the kind of front man for this operation? Do you think that can scale beyond him? Like, do you guys have other ways to do that? So it's not just like you need him doing something 24-7 to be, you know, to generate revenue, for example? The answer is yes. And it's, uh, I appreciate you asking the question because for us, one of the things that it's the blessing and the curse of having a very prolific content provider who's your founder, because now all of a sudden everyone says, well, that's just Russell's company. And yeah, you have to be Russell to have success with the product. Uh, one of the things we found and we're really excited this year to be rolling out is as we start crossing the chasm and getting into other verticals and other niches, one of the most important things for us actually is to find the quote unquote Russell for that vertical or niche and have them become the face of ClickFunnels in that vertical. So take, for example, Anissa Holmes is a client of ours who has just dominated the dentist space. She's a dentist down in Jamaica. She's had a ton of success. She built her business up. She retired from her dental practice, started helping others do it, loved her patients. So she went back into her dental practice again just to do what she loves doing. But the main thing is she now has become a face for ClickFunnels. And we'll be telling that story this year where we will now have her out on the podcast circuits. We'll now have her out talking about it, which helps her build her own brand, but in essence also helps build her additional products and her services and her other things that she's wanting to do as well. So it's a win-win for us. So we really look at the best situation for us is to have our is to start telling our customer stories and to help them become much more prolific. Yeah, that's great. Hey, real quick, I just want to plug the DGMG community. You can go and join it right from my website, DaveGerhardt.com. By the way, if you haven't been there, DaveGerhardt.com, you'll have all the links. That's how you can go join. But DGMG, the community, it's my members only B2B marketing community. In the last year, it's grown to over 2,500 members. And it's incredible because it's like having a sounding board outside of your company, which is so valuable as a marketer. So inside of the group, people are getting feedback. They're getting recommendations on tools. They're getting campaign ideas there. Sometimes people even message me to post anonymous questions about salary and hiring and interviewing. And I'm in the group every single day, like sharing my own stuff too. There's 10 to 12 new posts every day. If you join, you can go all the way back as far as the group goes to see all of the content from the last year. And I don't want to oversell it, but I know that you'll see our ROI from it instantly. It's $10 a month to join. You can cancel at any time. So there's really no risk. And you can kind of, you can always DM me and tell me if you thought it was a fraud. So it's $10 a month to join. There's 2,500 members in there. It's become an incredibly valuable part of my workflow as a marketer. And I know it will for you too. So you can go and sign up at davegerhart.com. There's a link you'll see over there to join the DGMG community. All right, let's get back to this episode. You're the CEO. How do you think about marketing? How do you judge marketing? <laughs> uh, I actually cut my teeth in marketing. I'm a direct response marketer by, by trade. I had my own marketing agency when I was in my earlier career. For me, marketing is the whole idea behind marketing. Again, I, I know there's a lot of focus on brand, which is something we're starting to do more of. In the past, a lot of it for us has, was always very ROI based. It was very focused on 
what's my ROAS? What's my return on my ad spend? Can I get a return on ad spend in 30 days? Is it 60 days? Is it, what's my return on CAC? Is, what's my CAC to LTV ratio here? So for us, I spend a ton of time talking with our marketing team, being involved in the marketing. It's one of my passions just because I think the better you understand marketing, the better you understand the mindset of your customer. And that's really the whole, as a CEO or anything else, the whole idea here is how do I help grow and scale the business by helping serve more and more customers. I got, okay. What did you learn about marketing in the, in the agency days? I, I can sense from you guys a lot of, you know, lessons on like psychology and consumer behavior. And I, I'd love to try to get you to unpack some of them from your agency experience. So I started the, I was a huge follower of Dan Kennedy, early 2000s, especially, uh, really got heavily involved in understanding the importance of copy, understanding direct response marketing. Uh, most of my clients in the early 2000s were originally, my prior career had been in financial services. And so I spent a lot of time in real estate, I spent uh, with financial advisors, employee benefits firms, mortgage companies. And so most of our direct response was with mail. And during those days, we looked at RFM, recency, frequency, and monetization. And so we're, when we're looking at acquiring a list, we're looking at when was the most recent time they bought? How often do they buy? How much do they actually spend? And so with those things, as we started really scaling and growing, and again, most of that was physical mail. So you're spending a whole bunch of money. It was, uh, it was much more difficult than it is now buying Facebook ads. But uh, from that is what really led me to, that's how I met Russell, actually was back in 2008, attending an event that he was talking about this whole online thing. A lot of my clients were trying to figure out the online marketing side. We we're just going through the real estate crash and people are trying to figure that out. So that's really where I got started and went from direct mail and that type of direct response marketing more into the actual marketing for internet style. And I think the main thing that I like even about uh, the direct response marketing, we still apply those same principles today. But I think the thing I'm starting to see in a change, and we're doing this, in fact, if you hear any background noise here, we're actually got a construction zone in our office here. We're rebuilding our own creative agency here in our office. And part of that is, yes, we want the copywriters and the videographers and the digital, uh, the graphic designers and all that here. But one of the pieces we're looking at is actually hiring uh, screenwriters and using that from a copy standpoint to start making a lot of the copy much more entertaining as well. A lot of the consumers and things, the entertainment piece in your content is becoming pretty critical. I love it. What, what are the roles in the creative agency? Like what, what are they going to create video and use video or are they going to touch everything to web copy and email? And uh, they'll, they'll do all of it, but a lot of it actually is going to be much more focused around the video aspect. We're exploring quite a few different areas from video. People, they, I mean, as you know, people are consuming video like crazy these days. And, and so it's the pattern interrupt. And a lot of the direct response marketing is, goes back to that. What is the hook? How do I, what's some hook that's, I've got a guy scrolling through Instagram or watching a YouTube video. There's got to be a hook. And so it's taking that hook and then adding in the screenwriting and the, and the entertainment aspect to keep a person engaged. People's attendance online, or as you know, I mean, people will flip through things super quick and I'm trying to find a way of capturing that attention. But most importantly, I need to make sure that the hook actually pertains to this, the problem they have and how we can then solve that and tell that story through the video or through the email or whatever email or what copy we're creating. But that's still with the, with like the, a direct response lens, like the video you might see on Facebook is obviously going to drive you somewhere with a goal of something. Yes. Uh, we actually just recently did some, uh, we're playing around some different content pieces with Russell. Uh, I've hired a couple of different agencies 
that are much more just brand type of thing, but they're telling a lot of Russell's story and using that as a way to really figure out how best to implement that into what we're doing. And a lot of them for us right now are, are really focused around trying to find ways of, of entertaining people, but also helping really get engagement that we can then start retargeting that traffic. Um, no, you, you, you guys have been great at that. I, I tell a lot of people to go to your Facebook page and you know, you can go to somebody's Facebook page and see the ads that they're running and see the content because I think, I think one of the first ads that I saw from Russell was like, I think he, there was an ad where like you lit a copy of the book of like expert secrets on fire or something. And like the only purpose of that was to be like, <laughs> you're scrolling through Facebook and you're like, who's this idiot burning a book. <laughs> but that works. Um, okay. So I, I love that like the training and direct response is like that stuff has, I, I haven't gone to a Dan Kennedy seminar, but like my last boss, my CEO, he was like, even though you're in SaaS, he's like, you got to go study direct response marketing. And so he put me on Dan Kennedy, Bill Bernbach, Ogilvy. And so I've been like addicted to that stuff. And I've seen how the lessons there, they still apply today because what you learned from Dan Kennedy was the timeless lessons of how people make decisions and psychology. And I just, it's like my mission through this podcast and other things to preach like all the tools and technology and AI and all, you can always learn that. Like that's going to, like technology is changing that. What you need to focus on is how, how to speak to Dave, how to understand how he makes decisions. And I, I hear you guys talk about that. And it's just cool to see that you're, you and Russell are both kind of, that's the school that you came from. Don't you feel like if you're going to like write a, a book about business and marketing low to your kids, like, wouldn't that be where you'd start the direct response stuff? Absolutely. And for us, it's been a lot of fun. And you'll see it even in Russell's books, uh, all three of them still, you're trying to put basically put yourself in the situation of what is that person thinking? And what, no matter where you are, I mean, I remember I've seen a whole bunch of different copywriters. One guy was a, a copywriter who was writing for women. And he was like, I, I don't know even how I wasn't married, didn't have any, grew up in an all male family. It's like, I don't know what they actually did. What are they talking about? How do they, what, what's the conversation they're having? And so he literally sat down in, in a beauty salon for days and just listened to the conversation, listened to the topics, listened, what are the words? And I think no matter what your product or service is, there's a vocabulary that people use that your customer, and as long as you can speak that vocabulary and you can actually find ways of using the same phrases, the same concept, the same things that they're saying, that's when the person knows that you know exactly what they're what they're trying to solve, and that's where the attraction comes. Yeah, for people listening, there's a great in Dan Kennedy's book, The Ultimate Sales Letter. There's a page there that he has like ten questions to ask before writing, and it's like, you know, what keeps them up at night. Uh, and and one of the things that you just mentioned is like, you know, do they have an insider type of language? If you're selling to developers versus marketers, they're going to use different words, and like that's what builds trust and credibility as a marketer. If you if you instantly send an email that's not in the same lingo, uh, lingo that somebody else has, that you know my BS meter is going to go off right away. And I think you're right. That BS meter is <laughs> everyone's got that really fine tuned these days. So uh, you got to get through that pretty quick. So what's changed in your mind from a brand perspective? You guys didn't invest in brand early. You know, probably didn't need to. You are now. What, what's the evolution, and how are you thinking about it? Us from a brand standpoint. So one of the things that we've taken a look at is Jeffrey Moore's book, Crossing the Chasm is one of the things that we're really paying attention to. And I take a look, you know, the first 100,000 customers we, we brought on, a lot of them are, you know, the early innovators, the early adopters. As we start trying to get to that early majority, crossing that chasm, that's where the branding really comes into play. And so part of that branding is, is to help them 
help them know that we know exactly how to solve whatever their unique situation might be. So it's one thing for us to talk in general about marketing. When if all of a sudden we're sitting there and we're talking to a real estate agent, they want to know, well, yeah, I know you know how to talk about marketing as a whole, but how do I do it for myself? And so crossing the chasm and that branding is really much more laser focus into the different verticals and niches we want to get into and to make sure that we're solving and speaking directly to those people from a brand standpoint. Yeah, right. Like, of course, I would be an early ClickFunnels fan as a marketer, as a marketing nerd, right? But like, if you're trying to sell to the person who doesn't even think they need marketing, that's a different message. Exactly. You seem to be super analytical with this stuff. Like, is there a way you're going to quantify the brand efforts? Fascinating that you mentioned that. We actually are in the process of doing that right now. Attribution is something we really didn't pay that much attention to. It was more a matter of just throwing up stuff on the wall and we'll see kind of what sticks. We're now really looking at attribution. And I think the hardest part when you start looking at attribution is how much do you get that's just from organic? How do you identify where that organic is actually coming from? And so for us, we're spending a whole bunch of time. Uh, we hired a, or brought in-house a complete new BI team, uh, business intelligence. Uh, we use Tableau quite a bit. And we're really starting to tag and track not only the front-end funnel a person may have come through, but what is the last funnel that they came through? In addition to that, what are the content pieces that they've actually consumed? Uh, were those branding content? Was it solution-based content? And so we're really trying to measure and identify what are the things that are working. Uh, for the longest time, our traffic team was always focused on just ROAS. And as long as we had a return on ad spend of, they got the return on ad spend within 30 to 45 days, that was good. Well, now we're actually changing that and said, we no longer care as much about the ROAS as we do about the actual customer that we're getting from that ad spend. Most, more specifically, what is the lifetime value of that customer? And are we going after the right people? And so, yeah, we're measuring a ton of those things. And that's where the branding, I think, comes into play that we've really never spent as much time on as we are right now. And it's, it, it seems like the right time for it. There's more noise. There's more competition. Brand is your you know, differentiator and your reputation. You guys have a great, great foundation to build on. Okay, Dave, this was great. I'm done peppering you. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. Just quick plug for your stuff where people can find you in ClickFunnels if they're interested. Sure. ClickFunnels.com, obviously the best place to go to get any information on that. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Dave S. Woodward on Instagram and uh, Dave Woodward on Facebook. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. We'll see you. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the DGMG Podcast. If you learned anything new from this episode or got one valuable piece of marketing knowledge, it'd make my day to leave a review. I like to look at them. I like to see what people are thinking and hear about. Or if you didn't like it, leave me some feedback. Otherwise, I will talk to you on the next episode. See ya.